This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 119, Assessing Distance Learning. The whole notion about, you know, here, I assigned the work, the kid just didn't do it. Um, it that's not going to fly in a traumatic situation. And for some kids, make no mistake, this whole situation is traumatic. And so you can't just discipline that kid by saying, okay, kid, I gave you a zero and you failed the course. I mean, that just won't fly. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in this week. I hope this podcast finds you safe and healthy as we all navigate our way through this COVID-19 crisis. It has been a couple of good weeks for me helping and supporting schools where I can. On Monday this week, I gave a virtual keynote to roughly 600 educators in the Wenatchee School District. We set up using YouTube Live so they could chat to each other while I gave the keynote. I love how in times of crisis, we lean on and get to see the true power of what is possible with technology. On Tuesday next week, I'm going to be doing a similar talk on YouTube Live to parents and community members in the Royal City School District. And get this, I plan on using PowerPoint online with real-time English to Spanish closed captioning happening while being live on YouTube. What was just a dream or a wish for many of us a couple years ago is now reality and just mind-blowing that we can do this stuff today and now have an opportunity to test it out and try it in real-world settings. Chris Butler and I have also set up a Tech Coaches Unite Slack account for tech coaches to share resources and support each other around different topics, virtual school being the hot topic of the hour in the community. You can join our Slack community by going to sospodcast.org and clicking on Tech Coaches Unite in the menu at the top. Not you don't know, you don't have to be a tech coach to join the community. This week's episode comes from this community. I continue to hold a happy hour and ask anyone in the community Uh, who would like to join to meet me in a Zoom room to talk about how things are going into supporting each other. We don't record all of them um, as we held one on Tuesday last week just because people in the community said they really needed to connect and bounce some ideas. So we did. We didn't record it, which of course is a different conversation for sure. And more than anything, we're just all here to learn and support each other. You too can join us if you are looking for some connections, some place to bounce ideas or ask questions from schools and school districts who are in the same situation that you find yourself in. That's what these podcasts are all about, hearing everyone's stories and helping each other out where we can as we all try to figure our way through this new reality we find ourselves in. If you think that I might be able to support you or your school in some way, please do not hesitate to reach out. I've been holding virtual meetings with admin teams, teacher groups, school leaders, as well as virtual PD sessions with groups of teachers. You can reach me by using the contact form over at sospodcast.org or by emailing me at sospodcast at gmail.com or over on my consulting website at jeffutech.com and use the contact form there as well. No, I'm just here trying to do the best I can to support everyone as we go through this crisis together. This week, our happy hour conversation focused on where schools are at rolling out devices, and we started to turn our attention to the next phase of distance learning, and that's assessment. Again, everyone was sharing links to resources and ideas in the chat, 
I have added those to the show notes over at sospodcast.org slash episode 119. So please do head there if you hear something in the podcast you want to follow up with that resource. Stay safe, stay healthy, and with that, on with the show. And uh, I just wanted to check in with people, see how everybody is doing. Chris, the tech coach, let's start with you, my friend. How's things going down in Head River? All of a sudden, you're the most popular boy in school. (laughs) Right? It's nice to feel wanted. Um, Yeah, so we are back from, we had spring break two weeks ago, so this is our first week, quote unquote, back to school. Um, And the first few days were the buildings, virtual meetings, staff meetings, talking about what it's going to look like, um, what, what, so we're moving from um, the idea of non-required um, distance learning to, in a couple of weeks, it'll be quote unquote, a required distance learning. Um, so we've been think, working on logistics for that. We put together um, some, uh, the team of coaches and I put together a whole bunch of resources for teachers to work with. The buildings have been unbelievable. The teachers have had a super positive attitude, um, everybody coming together. And so it's been, it's, it's been exciting and fun and stressful and all that good stuff. But yeah, we're, we're getting rolling. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Matt, let's go with you. We'll do, we'll kind of maybe make the rounds in Oregon here real quick. Yeah. We're uh, finishing up two and a half weeks now of, uh, online learning. It's actually going really well. They're settling in. Um, one thing we did, uh, we just rolled out, which was a pretty positive response was in Google classroom. We created a class that was like the middle school bulletin class. Mm. So that, that, cause there was a bunch of info we wanted to get out to the school and we're trying to figure out rather than just send and the kids are getting overwhelmed with just so many email notifications. So we said, you know, we'll create that and have just a bunch of different topics in the, in the classwork section. Uh, and the kids can go in and and you know like office hours for the for the teachers we have a list a spreadsheet with all the different office hours and uh you know the newsletter and everything else so it's actually seemed to uh be pretty good response from the kids awesome that's a great idea i like that idea that's a great idea uh john how are you my friend how's it going uh it's going well um we are in our week of training for teachers so um just answering lots and lots of questions um, people learning new tools and um, it's been a really positive experience. Um, we, the district, I think rolled out 6,000 plus devices this week for students for phase wow. one. Um, that's 12th through fourth grade. Um, and then phase two, they'll work on the K3 and any students who didn't get device in the first, um, first round. Wow. So we're looking at um, somewhere in the nine to 10,000 device rollout range. Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? I, it's so funny. You know, I was thinking a while back, you know, when the whole testing thing started, you know, we went down this testing route about 10 years ago. My thought was, is like, you know, I understand I don't like the idea of testing kids all the time, but if nothing else, we're going to get a lot of technology in schools because the testing went online and we had to buy all these Chromebooks. And now I'm like, I don't like, coronavirus but man look at what we're doing you know like it's all of a sudden this how do you how do you take some of this stuff and just it's going to be it's going to be a i hope a really exciting world when we get on the other side of this just because of of what we've had to go through and the technology that we're all just going to assume and take for granted now you know i just it's going to be so cool let's head over to enum claw we got enum claw here bob i'll start with you how are things going in the cte world oh i think you're muted 
There Sorry. you go. Yeah, somebody was delivering a drink at the same time. So oh, perfect. Just focused on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I was on a Zoom call last night with CTE teachers from across the country, and um, it's interesting to hear. You know, I feel lucky that. Uh, in a sense that in Washington state, it seems like school districts somewhat have their act together, but you'd be surprised at what it looks like uh, across the country when you're talking to people in, in Mississippi and Texas and Iowa and Wisconsin. And uh, it's just, uh, it's mind boggling to me how, uh, quite frankly, how far behind some school districts are and some of those states and their approach to this whole shelter in place and where you know people in wyoming aren't doing anything right now yeah uh, they're, they're home from school but they're they're not doing uh any type of virtual learning so far and so um i feel pretty fortunate one to be uh where we're at especially in enumclaw you know kind of rolling out phase two to where we're you know we've talked about transitioning from that you know, enrichment activities to continuous learning. And so um, that's what's happening, not only in the CTE world, but in all of our classrooms. Yeah. yeah. Shannon, how about you? How are things going in your fourth grade classroom? My class is good. I um, just ended our third week. So week one, we built sports. Week two, we built cameras. And okay. next week, it's going to be Top Chef fourth grade, and they're going to cook. <laughs> like it. And are they videoing this, or how are they How are they turning in? Like, how are you keeping track of what they're doing, and what's that looking like for you? Well, they're going to um, – their reading component is to read recipes. And then for math, they're going to take the recipe and double it, quadruple it, triple it, okay. um, creating a spreadsheet in Google Sheets. And then for the writing, oh, they have to turn in a picture of me, of them cooking or of their plate um, or video. And then finally, they have to write a review of the recipe. So it's kind of a persuasive writing piece where they have to say whether or not this is a good recipe or not. Wow, very cool. And if you guys haven't checked out, um, Shannon has a Google site where she's been posting the students' videos and uh, pictures that have been coming in for some of the assignments. And it's so cool to see the kids, like with all their forts and all the different forts uh, mm -hmm. that kids were making. It's just a very cool thing. So uh, you'll have to check that out. If you could throw that in the chat, I'll make sure it makes it into the show notes again this week. It was in last week's uh, as well. Yeah. Jen, how are you? Good. It's like I started a Zoom meeting and my phone is just blowing up over here. I'm like, no, I'm busy. It's been a busy week. Um, yeah. Exciting though, our, you know, going from, like Bob said, that uh, enrichment kind of learning to that continuous learning. So just that little bit of shift. And our teachers had already been putting out uh, material for students. So this next little shift in theory shouldn't be super difficult but now they have to you know track attendance and give feedback so deciding what content is truly what they want kids to have that's kind of their new lens versus just enrichment um, but luckily all of our teachers had already been posting and creating learning activities so just stepping it up one more level now um, and then our um, tech department went through and we counted all the Chromebooks we had in carts and in little tech tubs and kind of calculated 
students in the district who were K-4 that might not have one and that didn't have a sibling that had one to see if we could at least get one device per family. Mm. And um, so they sent out surveys that would do back today to families to find out, hey, who needs a device? If you already have one that's checked out from the Enumclaw School District, please don't take another, but we want every family to have one device from us. So they're going to deploy those next week. Wow, that's great. It's so funny, you know, talking about this, you know, I know right now in, in my blog post last night or last week and, and also the podcast was all about this idea of equity or inequity. And it's crazy because you have places, you know, like you or like, you know, um, Moses Lake or like many of you in here where your teachers were already using Google Classroom, where a lot of this wasn't that big of a transition. And then you have on the other side of it, like Bob was pointing out, you have Wyoming who has an entire state is like, we don't want to do anything right now. So you talk about an inequity of what this is going to do across this nation when you have some states that say, we're not going to do virtual school. You have places like California who have already shut down for the entire school year. It's just, it's going to be not only inequity within a district, but you just think about what this does as a nation and what those, you know, seniors, how does a university say, oh, a, a senior from Wyoming is going to have the same incoming as say a senior from Enumclaw who instantly was in Google Classroom and continuing to learn, you know, when another state just shut it down and used grades the day that they shut down. I mean, that, I can't imagine being on just the other, the other side of it from a university standpoint, what that might, what that might look like for sure. Uh, let's check in with uh, Moses Lake. How, uh, Monica, let's start with you with the, the WSU Coog flag flying in the background. Um, well, speaking of colleges, my daughter goes to Central, and she is supposed to start spring quarter on Monday, and I think her professors are really scrambling to figure this out. Um, you know, I I would have assumed they had class times and stuff like that, but when they can virtually meet with their kids, I don't know that it's super clear to my daughter and mm-hmm. the fact that she has to start on Monday. I do, she's done a lot of online classes. She's a junior. Um, so it won't be totally new to her. Um, that is one bright spot, I think, for high school kids. Uh, my other son is a senior and will be just just paid his money to WSU. Um, we'll, we'll be a Coug in the fall, but oh, he's never taken an online course. And so this springtime being in remote learning, I think will definitely benefit him because I think in college, it's undoubtedly you're going to take a remote course. So mm. I think it is going to benefit our students that are going to go off to secondary school and they will have some experience under the belt. So cool. uh, yeah, Moses Lake, we're in week two and uh, week one was making sure everybody had devices. We were already one to one, five, 12, but we gave out K4 devices on March 16th, the Monday that we had kids. Um, this week it's been all about connections and making sure we're reaching out to every single student out there. Um, I think spring break is going to kind of, uh, stall our progress a little bit. Um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll be back, uh, the week after and really going to start to push those academics. Our director of teaching and learning just sent out kind of a grading document because that's been a big uh, question on all of our teachers' minds. Thanks Jeff for some feedback on that. Yeah, no worries. Stefan, otherwise known as the YouTube Live King at the moment, man. This guy's been blowing it up. How's it going? Good. It's a lot more work than you realize. <laughs> like, it's insane. Like, I, um, so still every Monday morning at nine, which is good. We're getting a lot of feedback on that being a nice way to start the day. 
and the people are looking forward to it. If I don't have the link sent out to the district, people are, hey, you, are you streaming? Are you, you know, so that's been super fun. I think the, cool. Monica, correct me if I'm wrong, but the teaching and learning team has been, like all of them have been there like every day for the wrong. most part. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe one or two <laughs> missing here or there. But I was thinking about it this morning. The first time I, I did it two weeks ago, it was just Monica and I. Um, when I finally gotten things hammered out and now they've, they've, um, all been there, which is great. So people like seeing that a lot of people asking questions and, uh, super fun. And then Monday, Wednesday, Fridays with the high school. So that's what we did today. And those ones I keep unlisted. So it's just the high school staff asking questions. And then Tuesday, Thursday, I'm doing something called lunch breaks where I'm just grabbing teachers. We had our vertical team on Thursday and just kind of informal. What are you struggling with? And, well, you know, what are some things that, that you're excited about? What are, how are your kids doing? And we really have focused this week on making connections with kids. So mm. um, it, it can be like, it makes the days go by super fast because by the time we're done at with the 9am, it's like 950. And then I'm scrambling to get the one done for 1030 for the high school. And then, yeah, but it's good. I feel like it's a quality use of time just because it's given me a reason to connect with a lot of teachers and people ways to engage and um, it's all been, it's all been really good and there's always a lot that comes out of that so and you had high school kids on today what were some of the big takeaways um you so you had high school kids on your live stream and they got to talk about kind of what this has been for them what are some of like the big takeaways that you heard from kids today who are also two or three weeks into this yeah uh that was interesting um that was kind of a, a spur of the moment or kind of last minute the we had the admin on on Wednesday and said, we should get kids in here. I said, that's great. So we reached out to some of our ASB leadership kids through those teachers. And I asked them, how are you doing? And what's going on? And what are you seeing? And a lot of them expressed appreciation with the slow ramp up into work. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we weren't just throwing a lot of things at them yet. Um, before we went on, I said, try to keep it positive. Don't throw any teachers out under the bus because you know what kids can be. And they, they did a pretty nice job. And they, by the end, it was, they were rocking and rolling. So they liked the communication. They, uh, they liked, they had some ideas, some things that teachers are grappling with also, which was interesting. Mm. One of the things that really stuck out to me was a kid said, you know, what's been really helpful is when I have a question and I email a teacher, they're very quick about getting back to me. So, mm. so then we asked them about preferred methods of communication. I really tried to urge them to connect with like their peers I said, spread the word across your social media that work is coming. Like it's already there, but like there's this, this little rumor that you can't hold us accountable for anything. And I'm like, no, like we're, <laughs> we're cruising, man. So um, I, they, they were talking about motivating and, and buy-in and I said, spread that word. And then it was so heartwarming just to see teachers in the chat going, oh my gosh, hi, like I miss you. Like it's so cool to see you. Cool. And then it was the most watched of all the high school meetings. And the I just got message after message after message about how this was so great. And it was so awesome to see kids. A teacher said, I, I go and I watch these things, but this one, I was actively excited. I showed up early because I had, to, because I knew one of my students was going to be on there and I wanted to see if she was going to say something about what I was doing. And then she dot, dot, dot. And how do I cool. replicate that in what I'm doing to, with mm. my kids? How do I get that same buy-in? So um, that's just one of the cool things about like project-based learning or these types of the experiences. You never really know what's going to happen. And there's always some kind of unseen benefits for that. So yeah, we're hoping to make that a consistent thing for sure. Very cool. Hi, Ron. Just up the road in Wenatchee. 
How are things going up there for you? You're muted at the moment. I just saw that. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, I have a couple hours of spring break I get to do this week, <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about that. We're ramping up next week, really. Next week's our PD intro, just kind of starting to roll. We've done kind of everybody else. We've done enrichment. We've done opportunities for learning, et cetera, based on some state guidance. So just really trying to ramp it up. We do device checkout this week. We're expecting probably 3,000-ish um, that'll, that'll roll out Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, we're hopeful that a lot of those kids, you know, don't have internet. So we're, we've made some local partnerships. I'm pretty proud of that to get some very cool. uh, Wi-Fi hotspots. Not very many. We only have a uh, hundred ish right now, but we can help out some really needy families that don't have Wi-Fi at the, especially the upper end level uh, credit bearing courses, things like that. And then um, I'm really hopeful the FCC and the E-rate actually, you know, my role being the tech director, I'm looking at that and paying attention because they're actually starting to seriously talk about, can we do some things for home internet and provide some subsidies and let, school districts really level the playing field because for us it's not a device issue it's it's equity at at home wi-fi and what do i have for for high speed at home especially if we have kids wanting to do this kind of thing you're not doing this on a on a slow connection or you're just turning cameras off and maybe doing audio so um i'm hopeful like you said jeff that the silver lining is that something actually good comes out of this and uh, I, i have seen nothing but good so far uh i got eight trainings next week lined up that I'm going to be training staff virtually, you know, we'll train all 600 teachers in seven or eight different things. Uh, that would have never happened prior to, to, to this unfortunate circumstance. So I think we're going to see some, some great stuff. And to echo Monica's point, I have three kids. I have OSU Gonzaga and university of Puget sound students in my house now. So the bright spot is I have five people at home. Um, my kids are home. Everything's different. Some synchronous, some asynchronous. Uh-huh. I had my son's professor read the first chapter of the textbook on Zoom. And then at the end of reading the chapter said, here's your assignment and see you tomorrow. And I'll read wow. the next one. So they've had every gamut of experience so far in the last two weeks. Um, it's been interesting to hear their perspective of how yeah. uh, uh, just a dumpster fire on one side and then the other side where somebody's done online learning it, it actually works and makes sense and is engaging yeah oh that's great adam how about you down in royal city how's it going down there oh just sorry. curious to ron does yeah. you send home some devices one-to-one don't you already before yeah you- we have about we have about 1500 in our one-to-one uh, and they're all uh, ios devices and then we're we're doing kind of the rest of everybody else so what we're what thinking about three thousand. Uh, we're doing pre-K through 12. And what did you have before this? What did you send? Uh, all of our one-to-ones were really middle school. So oh. probably fifth, fifth through eighth. Okay. Thanks. Yep. All right, Adam, your turn. So yeah, we were, we were piloting middle school one-to-one and I was going to roll out one-to-one to the high school next year. And that has now been advanced to yesterday. We did, we did our <laughs> one-to-one rollout at the high school. So that was exciting. It actually went super well. Um, I was expecting maybe handing out 50% of the devices, but it was well over 70% of the kids showed up to get a device. Um, I think part of it is we waited long enough where the kids are actually restless now. They want the device. They want to be able to interact with teachers at this point. So 
Um, and now we're looking that my top priority was high school. So now I'm looking at the elementary levels and we'll probably do the same scenario with K through six um, and get those devices up and going. Our work, just like Ron, our biggest issue is just the internet, the internet at home. And we are a really rural school district. There are some areas where not even a hotspot is gonna work. Yeah. Um, there's just geography that we have some valleys and canyons in our district that you get satellite internet and you pay through the nose for it if you really, really want it. So it's like, what can we do to get those families internet? And it's not just our kids, it's our staff. Like some of our staff just do not have internet. Mm. So that's the biggest challenge that we have right now. It's getting people connected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think everybody's got that at some level somewhere, you know, people are going, are having that kind of, having that kind of issue as well. Doss, how are you? Um, so sorry, I'm on my husband's, um, That's all right. account by accident. So it's Tammy. Just, I was like, I bet he doesn't remember my name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's I'm pretty good. I've been in a couple different meetings this morning. I was in a meeting with the librarians, um, which I am a part of that crew at this point. And it just, I find it really interesting how I feel like discreet everything is happening right now mm. in my district because we don't have a tech coach. Um, and so they're, I mean, they're, they're in the process of hiring a tech coach. Um, and so that's why I'm like, I'm like having fun listening to you guys and getting ideas. Um, but it's just interesting because we're trying to do something at the district level with a task force, um, of people that can help. But then as librarians, like we, we all are, have like a one connection to one school. And so despite the fact that we're doing this like district thing, there are only like five people that are supposed to be there and giving like office hours, but then all of us as librarians are also getting asked questions in our individual schools because we're also the media specialists. And, uh, and I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like there's just this weird disconnect of what, like where to find, like we're making, a lot of us I feel like are remaking wheels of mm. like how to make like a, a how-to video for families or a how-to video for teachers or, and like, how do you, like, they're trying to put it in a shared drive, but then communicating to teachers how to find that drive and, um, and, and everything like that. And I feel like, um, like they've sent out two, our, our head, like our teaching and learning person has sent out two emails with attachments with a lot of words <laughs> mm. and, and a lot of teachers just being like, not realizing or not reading through everything, of course, because, you know, we kind of get a little bit lazy that way sometimes. Um, and and we're missing things missing some people not missing others some teachers think that they need to start on monday because this is our spring break they feel like they need to start on monday with like all of their lessons and all of mm. their links going live and everything going really well and but in the email it said like you know it's, they're trying to do a slow rollout but i don't know i don't think people are hearing that yeah. so i don't know i i feel that frustration just because i, I wish that somehow we could communicate better with teachers and mm -hmm. do that but i'm not sure I'm how to fix that on my end were you guys one-to-one -one before this rollout? Um, so uh, different schools, I met an elementary and we we're one-to-one -one in fifth grade and almost one-to-one -one in fourth. And every, um, every grade level has at least one cart of 36, mm. no matter what. Um, so we're, I, I, high school is not one-to-one, -one, I know that. It really depends on which school it was. We we've got our Chromebooks through, um, through something we call Mullinex in Motion, which is like our big fundraiser every year where we earn like raise money for technology. So everything we have is something that we've been working for for years. Um, mm. 
And so we did, we also passed out a bunch of Chromebooks this, this week, um, which I was there meeting with families and things like that. And that, that's gone really well. There's been a lot of really positive feedback and it was really fun to see, you know, kids in their cars, like waving at them. Yeah. That was probably the best part of my day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we don't know what to do about the, what to do with the people who don't have internet and things like that as well. And so, and then there are lots of schools that don't have even close to one-to-one, like nothing compared to what we yeah. have. So it's just this yeah. very strange so even within the district, just kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I know that we, we have a, um, we passed that the levy, the for, for technology, yeah. um, but they didn't want to do the one-to-one until they hired a tech coach and somehow they missed the window last year and they just put it in this year. And so like, we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're learning by fire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Janice, how about you? How are things going? How did, has Schoology, I mean, when we started this, Schoology was lighting up power for you. So. Yeah, I think we solved our, uh, I think I might have solved it. We'll, we'll see what happens when it resyncs tonight at 1130. And if whether I totally screwed up all our class or not, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be great um we're doing good we are lucky we started a one-to-one um this year so we launched about almost four thousand student devices for all six through 12 um and we did our last set of rollouts like the last week of january um Mm. or the first week of february so we are lucky because we just got everything out for that and then we have since then in the last couple weeks done about maybe 500 chromebooks for k5 students who maybe needed a device at home so, um, but our biggest challenge is the internet too. We don't have hotspots. We live in a kind of rural area. Um, so we're working on trying to get some hotspots, but we have kids and we have a lot of staff who live pretty rural who um, are either on satellite or they don't have, even a hotspot's not going to help them. So we're sort of, we're still battling that a little bit too. Um, yeah. We're lucky we are in, um, lucky and not lucky uh, because we were about, you know, we live in Snoqualmie, which is just outside of where, you know, so we have a lot, we have like 400 Microsoft parents in our district and the very large number of Google as well and other things. And so we have, um, we do have a lot of kids who are able to access. We just have the pockets that aren't too, which are, right. we're very wide district and very, very spread out. So we're working mm. on it. Yeah. Um, I think we were kind of in the same boat as everybody else that we're in ending week three. We did the first, like get your systems in place and not push anything to your kids for week one and let teachers get caught up. And then week two, we sort of Push. We're are, we're doing the Monday morning at 9 a.m. Everybody pushes out your stuff, and so it's there for kids and parents know when it's coming. Um, our biggest hurdle, I think, is I primarily work with secondary, which has been pretty smooth because most of us were on Schoology, and it's mandatory in our contract to be on Schoology in the fall. But it, we've done a two-year like sort of slow roll, so we're pretty high numbers of adopters. That number has just jumped to 100%. But <laughs> my fall is going to look a lot better now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think where we really struggled and what we were working um, hard on is our elementary, and I think they sort of missed the mark in that they they went to Clever first because people were pushing back on Schoology because they had very little adoption. And then now they're realizing that that would be so much easier because they have older siblings and parents have older kids that are on Schoology and we're already trying to get them in one place. So now they're going back and flipping back into Schoology. So they're struggling a little more with that on our teacher end of they started in one spot. Now they're pushing everything over to another spot and trying to move everything now we're over thinking it's probably and more long term. And so, yeah. so we're working on that. Um, yeah. We were also in the same boat as, is Tammy and that we ha- were getting all these emails with a lot of words <laughs> and yeah. we were really struggling with like our teachers are number one 
I'm really lucky. I run a tech team of 11 building leads. So I meet with, I've been meeting with them trying to kind of see what's going on in their buildings. We have three middle schools and a very large high school. And so, um, and an alternative high school. And so, um, they were the number one thing was people are very confused on what they have to do and what they are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And so we took our teaching and learning admin, our district superintendent, assistant superintendent and her language. And we just, I put it in a chart and it's like, here are the things you have to do this week here. And typically every week it's about four things. And here are some things you can do if you want to. And then here's what you can't do. And we're battling some of that. I think, you know, don't, don't call don't FaceTime kids from your personal cell phone and don't put stuff on your, you know, stuff that we probably shouldn't have to say, but we do. We like lay it yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that has really clarified some stuff for people. I'm like, you know, when they're like, we're supposed to be doing all these things. I'm like, you really only have to do these four. These are the four things you have to do. And that's it. And that's yeah. been really helpful. I think that's changed a lot this week. Um, and that it's one point, like she's finished, push, she was pushing out the emails before to building principals and building principals were pushing them out. And then it was like telephone because then they made it their own and then every message was different. So we're trying to avoid that and she's now pushing it out and that has helped quite a bit. Yeah. And I think, I think we get into this thing, you know, uh, there for years, people said, well, it's, it's better to over communicate, not in a crisis like this. People want small chunks. They want to know exactly what it is they have to, like you're saying, like, give me three or four bullet points. Let me consume those three or four bullet points. Don't give me a two page email that a, we know people don't read email anyway. And you know, but I, I think we're just, we're caught into this. Like, well, if I tell them everything now, then I can say, well, you got the email versus, okay, here's a small chunk. Here's this week's chunk. Here's this week's chunk, or here's today's chunk. Here's today's chunk. Here's today's chunk. Right. I really have to chunk this stuff down. I think the other thing that we did that was super successful that I, we kind of were already doing, but, um, but has really ramped up again because now everyone's doing it. Um, is we, I stole this from Puyallup, so I'm not taking credit. I totally stole it from them because they're a big Schoology district. But I, we have in the fall, we created like a school in our Schoology, in Schoology, an SVSD tech help sort of group. And we, and then mm-hmm. I, I actually went through when this whole thing started and I imported all the teachers. So whether they wanted to join or had already joined, now everybody's, there's a secondary one and there's an elementary one. So now everybody's in it. And instead of blasting out an email every time something, a new tutorial, I just keep putting it in there. And that way they can ask questions and my tech leads monitor that more closely than I do sometimes and they can answer faster than I can. But then I can also upload all, every time it goes out in an email, if it's a link to something or a document, I just also put it in there so it doesn't get lost in email. And that's made a little bit of a difference too, to kind of keep everything in one spot and let people yeah, you have an archive without yeah. flooding my email too. So that's yeah. another spot to like keep an eye on without totally going to get lost if it comes to me sometimes or it'll take me longer than if yeah. somebody else had the same problem and can troubleshoot. So that's, been helpful and then That's solving great. the grading issue i think we're in the same spot as everybody else we have a plan now for grading because we'll start grading next week and we had a whole thing this week but i think we finally have a good plan so i think we're feeling pretty okay but then we'll reevaluate in two weeks and see if the grading actually increases our engagement if more kids are turning stuff in or if we're still only getting 20 percent, then that obviously we need to reevaluate yeah yeah. And I know that, that, you know, that is something that I was in a call this week with Ording School District. And there, what I really liked is the school leaders were all these first two weeks, like their, their week one, as far as like kind of the way that I lay out things, their week one is this, this next coming week. And what they're trying to get their teachers to focus on is just engagement. We've got to get engagement of students up somewhere close to 70% before we worry about trying to actually new learning that's going to be gradable because if you're, if you're only at 20% engagement at this point, you're, you're not there. You haven't engaged kids. 
you know, and one of the comments from one of the, they, they sent out a survey and one of the comments was, I don't, uh, a teacher wrote back and said, I'm worried that I'm not fun enough. And I was like, yeah, that should be a concern, right? That's a concern in a virtual and virtual <laughs> learning and distance learning. You're competing against all this other stuff. Learning must be fun. And if learning can't be fun, you're going to have a really hard time getting kids to concentrate on filling out worksheets. Right. And that, I think that is just something to, to something to, to remember. Engagement has to come first. We've got to engage them, get them involved in this system before we ever, you know, try, try to turn over, turn the switch on. Whitney, do you want to chat a little bit? Uh, your video is not on, but uh, there's things going on in your district. How are things going for you? Um, we're pretty good. I'm in Montana. We have, we had two weeks on, we're on spring break this week. So it's actually kind of nice to push it out a little bit, like yeah. to roll out some stuff and then have a week to kind of let it settle in, let all of us have a break, have um, a little bit of time for catch up. The, um, we sent out our Chromebooks for anybody who doesn't have a device at home. We did that week, gosh, three weeks ago. Um, yes, we still have the concerns similar to many of you about who doesn't have, I mean, they just don't have internet, can't get it, don't have it, don't have the money, lost their job. I mean, I get yeah. all that. Um, this coming week attendance, like required tracking attendance is a, is a thing. And then grading, grades, mm -hmm. grading, what that's going to look like, which I know we've had that discussion before because <laughs> no one knows. Um, yeah. but our, one of our instructional coaches shared a, uh, there's a webinar coming up this Thursday from a gentleman, Rick Warmely, W-O-R-M-E-L-I. I hadn't heard of him, but my principal says he's great. So um, hmm. it's free. I'll put the link in the chat cool. for everybody to look at that just for, you know, more food for to chew on. Yeah. But overall, I think it's, I guess it's going as good as it can be. Yeah, well, that's good. It's a good place. You got to start somewhere for sure. Let's, um, I've had a couple conversations this last week and I just like to hear kind of where everybody is. I had a conversation with Moses Lake and then a conversation with, um, the admin at Ording around grading. Grading seems to be the next big topic as we start to think about, you know, what is new. Once we get to a place where we're actually having new information, we, we've got the gears kind of rolling again. Um, it, it, are what are what are you hearing come out from your district? Are, are are we using the same grading system we were? Are people coming up with a a different approach to grading? Um, is it, what's coming out? Have you guys heard anything yet, or kind of where's your where's your head at around that? I don't know what other Our director of teaching and learning sent out the message to all staff. Here's the grading document, and um, let me know. <laughs> she didn't attach the doc. <laughs> So she got like 50 responses. There's no doc. There's no doc. Granted, <laughs> it is Friday afternoon before spring break. She's losing her mind. So uh, I looked at the doc. I've just been giggling that she didn't attach it to the email. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, she's been working on that all week. It very, it doesn't give a ton of like, this is what we want you to do just because that's not going to fit every situation, but it does give some overarching guidelines of work within this scaffold to accommodate your kids and use your professional discretion along that. One of the things they did was add into Skyward or grade collection thing. Um, it was like a, a new remote learning category that people could be putting stuff in there also but yeah a lot of like big picture structure stuff as opposed to nitty-gritty 
Yeah. And the thing I like that you said there that I just, I just jotted down is this idea of professional discretion, right? Like we, at some point, and I've just been thinking about this is because I've, I've been in these conversations, you know, with other school districts as well. At some point, no matter what the grading system is, we rely on teachers to be professionals to decide what is or is not passing, right? To decide what is or what isn't a ki- is a kid learning. And we've, we've talked about this forever, that a good teacher knows their kids and knows whether or not their students know the content. Is there, is there, I'm just wondering, is there somewhere world where we could say a teacher's professional discretion is good enough? Good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool, but you're right. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but you know, cause I mean, even grades, right? If you boil the grades down, they are the, they are a professional discretion of that teacher of whether or not this is an A or a C because the teacher created the assignment, therefore having some type of bias within the assignment that was because I, because I created it. Right. So I, I've always just wondered that, like, at what point do we just, you know, we say, you know, teachers know their kids. Like we say all the time, you know, most teachers know, can tell you before the state test exactly what kids will pass and what kids will fail. Like teachers know that before the test is ever, ever taken, right? They, they know their kiddos. So I just find that kind of an issue, but I love that idea of just how do we maybe bring that in, in a, in a crisis time like this, right? Where we're looking for some, some way to grade differently is this idea of professional discretion part of the grading. And I really like that idea of how do we make that? It does. I'm not saying that's the only thing, but I'm saying, I think we have to give some teachers some leeway and treat them as professionals and give them, you know, some power to say, yeah, this kid is doing the work or this kid isn't doing the work. Or this student is like, I was watching a news article and there's somewhere over, I'm not sure if it was South Kitsap or somewhere over on the peninsula might be in Bremerton, but there are two high school girls who have made over 1200 face masks. Like at some point, when does that kind of stuff work for you in a graduation requirement in considered doing work? You know, I mean, and I just wonder like just other ways we got to think about this, but any other things, any other thoughts on the assessment? What are, are people just going back to the same grading scale or? or do we, we went round and round with it because we were really concerned with trying to figure out a way to keep, you know, if we don't, if we have kids that don't have access, how do we then, you know? level that playing field and figure that out. Yeah. But I think our biggest issue and our biggest round and round, we went, we ended up in that we are, we're everyone sticking to what they're doing, what they were already doing before. We're still pushing out. Like our goal is to, or our requirement is to push out two hours of work per content area every Monday. So if you have a kid that has seven periods a day, that's 14 hours, assuming that's not, you know, that's not always 14 hours, but it's probably less than that. But, um, but we are allowed to now grade some portion of that the same way we would be grading because everybody's grade book is now at this point because we're halfway through a running grade semester set up a little different and we went back and forth we actually we looked at the like do we add a category to skyward and call it online learning and dump everything in there so we can try to track it or whatever and then do we make third because our third term actually ended today even though we have a running grade so we're like do we freeze grades do we balance 50 50 like we went through all those scenarios and we just ended up back at we're just grading normally, um, mostly because too, we felt like teachers are putting the, we also have to be really the same. So anybody, if I teach, I teach one section of eighth grade language arts and anything I push out has to be pretty much the same as what everybody else is pushing mm-hmm. out in eighth grade language arts, at least for now. 
Um, and so I can choose, we can choose how we grade them, the number of points so it fits our grade book or, you know, what that looks like. And they're encouraging us to start small. If they turn something in, start with that more, you know, are they doing it? Can we just track that? And then we slowly ramp that up a little because we have one more week and then we have spring break. But we went back and forth with this idea of pass no credit. Do we grade? Do we, you know, but teachers are putting in a lot of work to get the stuff created and pushed out. And so for to take away the autonomy, a little bit of grading felt like they were going to do all this work and then not, they wouldn't want to do, they're not going to do it. They, it's going to be a lot harder for them to feel like they're doing something that then they can assess with their own kids. We know our kids, like you said. Yeah. So we know, I know if a kid does something and that's, they don't typically do a lot. I'm going to give them credit for getting something in. And if a kid does an amazing thing, I can give them extra, you know, whatever yeah, that looks right. like. And so we kind of left, we pushed it back onto more of like letting teachers be a little more autonomous with it, knowing that in two weeks we'll evaluate or three weeks we'll evaluate how many kids are turning things in. And we may have to, because we also talked about at the end, if they don't do anything, we're still also putting in zeros and we're hitting missing work. And then at the end, if you have a kid who didn't do anything for 12 weeks, we give a, I think we were talking about possibly doing like a no credit, you have time to make that up or make up those key learning points mm. and then adjust from there, whatever yeah. happens. So that's yeah. kind of where we're at. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting, right? Because I know there were a lot of school districts who were like, well, we're just going to do pass fail, or we're just going to do some kind of modified grading system. And then yesterday here in the state of Washington, we got extended to May 4th um, closure. We don't know what schools are going to be extended to yet. I don't think as far as I know, they're still April 27th, but you know, I know that there are rumors out there that this could be for the end of the school year. And if we're looking at till the end of the school year, we need to somehow get those kids some grades, right? And so trying to figure out something. So I like that. Anyone else have a, another system they're kind of putting in place or, or kind of maybe not even have in place, just kind of batting around ideas at this point? Just know it's a hot topic. I was just going to say uh, the, the union is kind of a blessing and a curse. <laughs> um, I appreciate that they're always fighting for our rights. But I mean, right off the bat, we came against, we want everybody to use Google Classroom because most people know it. Those that don't can have support. Most families know it. Those that don't can have support. And even that, the union saying, you can't make us do that. And so sometimes we're shooting each other in the foot. So, I mean, our big three, again, were those classroom and screencastify and Flipgrid and use these and that we can't make us. And so even when it comes to grading, um, it's frustrating. I, when I'm listening to Janice, I'm going common sense, common, yeah, that's common sense. But I, I don't know. When there's a global pandemic, a lot of common sense is out the window as far so as true. I'm concerned. So yeah. um, we can tell our teachers what to do, and many of them do a phenomenal job. But no matter what we say, some of them are just going to do whatever they dang well please. So that's what's frustrating too. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell yeah, Friday afternoon. Yeah, for sure. I think John? we run into that same problem. Um, we have been going back and forth with the union also about those things. Um, and so what's come out has been a little wishy-washy. So my, my, it, it's like, well, we would like for you to do this, or we would like for you to do that. Um, and teachers are like, what do you want me to do? Tell me what I need to do so that I can learn it and then we can move forward. Um, and they're asking for like directive um, and the union saying, um, well, you can make them do that. But um, since Oregon Department of Education just dropped their, um, now it's going to be distance learning and everyone's going to be required to do it, uh, I think that's going to shift. So the union is going to have to shift that and come up with like, these are the things we expect that every teacher is going to do um, to meet those requirements because ODE put requirements. I know, Chris, you're dealing with that too, right? 
Yeah, we are. Um, and to be honest, we haven't even got to the point of talking about grades and assessment and that we're just in the early stages of putting it together. What does it look like? Uh, what are the structures going to be? Um, how can we support teachers in getting the materials out and connecting with their students and that sort of thing? Um, so I would expect in the next week, we're going to have that conversation for sure. I would take a look at the uh, plan that we posted in there from the high school here in Enumclaw. Um, it's, it's our best thinking right now, but uh, student, students' assignments will come to classroom on a Monday. Uh, they will be due for that week on Thursday at 3 o'clock. Friday's teachers will assess that work and give feedback and enter that into the gradebook. Uh, it'll be entered as a, as a point total uh, right now, but if it's not completed, uh, it won't go in as a zero at that point. It'll just stay that asterisk, and the kid will have time to make that up. Um, teachers have been encouraged to, you know, the whole pie analogy that Jeff used a couple of weeks ago that, um, you know, two or three good slices of the pie and not the whole thing, um, kind of that time limit that Janice was talking about in terms of how much should be given uh, per class and how much time per week should be allocated. Uh, you'll see that in the, in the document as well. And so that's our best thinking at this point. Um, but with the notion that it is continuous learning, it will be assessed, teachers will give feedback, and with the idea of if a kid is not engaged and not responding, um, teachers along with support staff, that part of their responsibility is to find out why. Mm -hmm. And so there's some systems in place to, to find out why our kids aren't engaging. And so, you know, kind of the whole team effort here to see, uh, to make sure that um, why kids are not participating, you know, and the, the whole notion about, you know, here, I assigned the work, the kid just didn't do it. Um, it that's not going to fly in a traumatic situation. And for some kids, make no mistake, this whole situation is traumatic. And so you can't just discipline that kid by saying, okay, kid, I gave you a zero and you failed the course. I mean, that just won't fly. Yeah. So that's our approach to this point. Um, I think you'll, you'll find some of it, uh, interesting and may give some guidance as to uh, a starting point for people as they start looking at that. Mm, that's great. Um, I was going to share with you, this is kind of the schedule. Um, not quite like this. I'll throw it in the chat and I'll also post it in the show notes. Um, but this is kind of the schedule that, uh, Ordine came up with. And it's one that I've been recommending to schools based on, uh, things that are coming out of, out of Asia. Uh, and, and even just talking to students again, Asia's, you know, what are they? They're in like week nine of, uh, online school. So they've seen some things, but, uh, what Ordine decided to do was to, to adopt a schedule at the, at the middle school and high school of this idea of doing back-to-back -back days and only doing two or three subjects a day. And the idea is here is because one of the things I, I'm still trying to, trying to help people get is like school, the idea of, of school is now gone. Like there is no school. What we're left with is just learning. And learning can look a million different ways if you can get the idea of school out of your head. So what they've, what they've, um, they, they've changed this just a little bit, but uh, for example, on Monday is just ELA and science, Tuesday is ELA and science, 
Wednesday is math and social studies, Thursday is math and social studies, and then Friday's electives, uh, CTE, and then I, in the one that you see here, it says PE, but they've decided that PE is something that is just going to be family time. So they've decided that they're going to try and like communicate to families to say, we expect the family three days a week to have physical activity go for a walk, play in the yard, whatever that is. And then the other thing that was is 30 minutes of family read time. If everybody's stuck at home, can we take this idea of we want kids to read and to continue to read and make it family time? Everybody can read for 30 minutes, you know, go to your separate corners, go where you need to go. And so trying to keep some of that stuff. The other thing about using this schedule is, of course, we're all in kind of ramp up mode. But if you start thinking like we're going to be doing this in May, you know, four weeks from now where we are kind of into a system. The idea was, is ELA being Monday and Tuesday and social studies being Wednesday and Thursday would allow those two departments to maybe, you know, cross, do some cross curricular activities. And so the students would actually be involved in kind of ELA slash social studies work for all four days. And the same thing would kind of end with science and math because they kind of seem to go together. So that if the science and math departments decided to collaborate and create some kind of big project, some project-based learning type of ideas that was cross-disciplinary, that all of a sudden these kids would have more time and flexibility. They, um, they also added um, on Tuesday and Wednesday was um, world languages. So world languages for, the, for Tuesday and Wednesday, the kids would actually have three subjects. So on Tuesday would be ELA, science, and world language. And Wednesday would be math and social studies and world, world language. And so they would ask the ELA and science teachers to maybe, you know, cut their lessons a little bit shorter because they're adding, you know, um, uh, world languages on the end, on the end of that. So I, I found that to be, you know, just the idea of forward thinking some type of schedule. The other thing is, is kids are saying when, when I'm talking to kids and I don't know if this came out today, Stefan, when you were talking with kids, but they like being able to spend a longer chunk of ch time on something. Like once I'm given an ELA assignment, give me, two hours. I mean, we don't have to do an hour of ELA, an hour of science, an hour of social studies, an hour of world languages, because we're not in school. We can, we can think about this differently. Chris? Yeah, I, I just, I really love that idea of thinking about school in a new way. Um, and going back to the idea of assessment and grading. And I think that ties into this conversation. And I think um, as district leaders, um, the people that are in those conversations need to think about the fact that this isn't traditional school. So do we need to have a quote unquote traditional way of grading and assessment? Um, I've been a huge advocate for standards-based grading and mastery learning and all that sort of thing for a long time now. Um, and I think this is a great opportunity for schools and districts to think about that and possibly think of moving in that direction in the future. Um, yeah. I love what Bob was talking about, about we can't, we can't ding kids for having zeros and not doing work because it's a crisis situation. They might not have the opportunity to get that work done this week because they have stuff going on at home. Um, so I think there's opportunity there for schools and districts and conversations to kind of move that direction. Um, I just had a email conversation with one of my teachers today, kind of along those lines. It wasn't grading necessarily, but he was talking about how 
hey, I'm creating these videos for my students as learning materials. I'm going to push those out in Google Classroom at the beginning of the week, and we're going to do projects all week. And um, I'm thinking about how I can do that next year when we get back to normal school. I'm like, heck, yeah, you are. Let's, yeah. You know, that's, that's exactly the way we want to move, right? So yeah, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to think about those type of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming up with some kind of schedule like this or thinking differently, and yeah. even I like the one that you, you're rolling out in Enum Club, Bob, was like, you know, Friday is the chance for teachers to assess that stuff and get feedback. In this kind of model, the same thing would happen, right? As an ELA teacher, you would have your office hours on Monday and Tuesday, but then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you are assessing work that's coming in. You might be reaching out one-to-one -one with students, and you have basically everybody, because of the rotation, would have kind of three days to you know prepare the next lesson, get your next video done, grade stuff that's coming in. Because the other thing is, it's all not going to come in at five o you know at five o'clock when the bell rings. It's going to be a trickle in all week, and so being able to kind of stay on top of that. Uh, was just another idea with it. But I just, you know, whatever you do, I just, I, I want, I want school leaders to try and think that it, it's not school. We can think differently, you know, and, and that can be, you know, for some people that, that, that could be a struggle for other people like me, man, I'm just like, you mean I get to redesign exactly what this looks like? Amazing. You know, and, and Jeff, I get things to I'm, like, I'm worried about where that's not happening. I have a niece yeah. over on the West side and she is being told you are going to be sitting in front of your computer by 8 a.m. every morning and you're going to get an assignment. It's due by 5 p.m. And I'm just horrified that districts are setting their students up for failure. And then I those agree. districts are going to experience failures. And then those districts are going to think technology is terrible and we don't want to incorporate it. So it's frightening to know that that is out there and um, this synchronous learning that some people are expecting uh, it's, it's just, again, I think setting people up for failure. So it's kind of scary to think of, there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this, but, uh, that, there's going to be some other stuff too. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I know some districts that went, went straight in and just said, you know, we're going to play school. You're going to seven periods a day. Here's the stuff. And I'm like, you didn't even give people a chance to breathe. How do yeah. you expect kids to jump into this? You didn't even give families the time to find out what their new normal is going to look like here, Bob. Yeah, well, quite frankly, it's malpractice. That's yeah. education malpractice, I would say. Um, yeah, you said I agree. Maslow's before blooms. Is that what I saw? Maslow's before blooms. Yeah. So true. So true. Well. Well, thank you. Anyone? Anyone else want to add anything? Otherwise, uh, we'll wrap this up and. For some of us, start your spring break. For others of you, you get two hours. Ron, enjoy your two hours spring break. One hour now, because he spent an hour with us. Now he gets an hour spring break. Uh, but uh, I appreciate everybody. Next week, Ron. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I, I'm, I'm super grateful Jeff included me on this. I think it'll be really helpful to just, just pollinate and figure out, because everybody's doing the same thing and trying to figure it out. So. I appreciate yeah. uh, meeting some new people and having the opportunity to to learn from people that are a little farther because we're yeah. we're starting it next week. So yeah. uh, you might hear from me. And I, I couldn't be outdone by Stefan. So for Wenatchee, <laughs> for Wenatchee, I'm doing a, a YouTube live keynote to 600 people um, Monday morning. It's going right? to be closer to 1,000. Well, a thousand yeah, you know. people. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Take oh, that, Stefan. Cool. Is like there that. a chat? Because <laughs> I'll hop in there and I'll, I'll plug my YouTube channel. What are you drinking? What's in that bottle? Um, representing a local brewery. Uh, it's Double Mountain Juicy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Juicy. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one. 
Awesome. Well, thanks everyone. Appreciate you stopping by today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.